Well, good morning. Uh, this morning, I am bringing a message that in so many ways uh, is a difficult one. It's one that we don't talk about often in church, and therefore, as I started to prepare for it, I was like, what in, how in the world do I present this? How do I talk about this topic, especially as the pastor of the church where here I am asking you to give and to give faithfully, especially as we have put together and established a budget next year, and it's a budget that is a stretch budget, a budget that is going to require us to move in faith and to go forward, but is also, in a lot of ways, just going to require some extra giving, giving, money. As I thought about this, one of the ironic things, I think, if maybe it's not so much irony, but of all the things that Jesus spoke about in the Gospels, the one that He spoke about the most was, in fact, money. And yet, somehow in the church, we have this aversion to wanting to talk about money, to, to talk about giving, to talk about the responsibility and the obedience that God is actually calling us to in giving. In the way that we steward our finances, in the way that the Lord has called us to stewardship as it pertains to the church. And so this morning, as I was thinking about this topic and praying about how I should go about presenting and talking about it with you, I felt like the Lord was just leading me to just have a whole bunch of Scripture at hand that we would look at and walk through and talk about together. It's not about necessarily having a, a perfect message, a, a well-laid-out sermon with three points and an answer. But simply, I wanted to look at what does Jesus say in regards to money? Because He can say it so much better than I could. And so our primary passage today is out of Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. And so if you have your Bible with you, or if you want to grab one of the pew Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Luke 21, and that's where we're going to begin our journey of giving this morning. That's where I want us to start. And so Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. Jesus looked up, and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. Let us go to the Lord this morning in prayer. <laughs> Good and gracious God, as I, as I stand here before you, Lord, convict my heart and convince my heart 
of the truth and reality of this message this morning. And that, Lord, as I stand here before these people, Lord, that you would make very little of me and very, very much of yourself. Lord, that we would be reminded that the reason that we have gathered in this place is not to hear a person speak to them, but that we would hear your voice through the power of the Holy Spirit. That I am nothing but a vessel by which you make yourself known and magnified and glorified. So Jesus, do that here this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so as I'd already let you know, I'm just kind of kind of gonna be looking at several scriptures where I think that this passage in particular continues to point us. But I want to give a little context first when We read Luke 21, we know that Jesus is at the temple, that he's sitting in that space and he's watching people as they place their offering in the several offering areas that would have existed in the temple. There would have been several places set up in the temple where anyone could come and put their offering there. And so Jesus is in the temple and he's watching people as they place their offering in the offering box in the temple. And Luke is very particular in the way that he presents this passage. Because Mark also talks about it. But Mark makes the distinction between the crowds and this one woman. But Luke makes the distinction between the rich and the poverty of this widow. And so Jesus, it says he looks up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And then he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. I can only imagine in this moment what it would have been like for this woman to come up to the temple mount bringing all that she had in two small copper coins and approaching that box and placing those two coins in that place for her offering. How many of us in our lives have felt Maybe some sort of shame or embarrassment when the offering plate went by and wondering whether or not somebody else was watching what it was that we were giving. Here we have this this woman who is bringing a very small offering. In fact, there's this uh, law in the Talmud that's written, and those are just teachings of the Jewish faith where it says that the smallest offering that you could bring was two small copper coins. And so she brought the bare minimum that could be put into the boxes. And here, all eyes would have been upon this woman as she brought her meager offering and put it in the box. And we, 
I wonder how often we have either, either felt maybe shame about what it was that we were giving or even been the one to judge about how much one might be placing in that offering plate or might not be placing anything at all. I feel for this woman. And yet then we hear in verse 3, Jesus says something astounding. He says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. She put in more than all of them. And we're talking about the rich who are probably placing tons of shekels into the offering box. And yet this woman who brought her two small copper coins, Jesus doesn't look at her and says, shame on you. He sees her offering and says, she has given the most out of everybody. She's given the most out of everybody. And then he says, how is this so? He says, for everyone else contributed out of their abundance, out of their wealth, out of all that they had, they gave. But this woman, she gave out of her poverty everything that she had to live on. She gave what she had left and put it in the offering box. She didn't contribute out of abundance. She had very little. And yet she gave it all. The more and more that I think about money, the more and more that I think about giving, the more and more that I think about the responsibility that God is calling us to in an obedience to, to tithe and to give, the more and more I realize that it has nothing to do with the amount. The more and more I realize that it has everything to do with the heart. You see... Each and every one of us has a personal call from God on our lives about what it is that we should be contributing to the church. What it is that we should be giving out of faithfulness. Each of us has our own call and no one else can determine for you what that is. Nobody else can tell you what it is that you should be giving or shouldn't be giving. The only one that can do that is, is God. And so the question here is, is we have to ask, what is it that the Lord is calling each and every one of us to prepare to give? What is it that the Lord is calling us to give, whether it's out of the abundance that we have or whether it's out of the little that we have? Because the truth and the reality is in our church, we have people that walk from all different socioeconomic backgrounds. We have those that have much and those that don't have as much. And that's okay. And there should be nobody that ever feels judged or shamed for about what it is that they place in that offering plate. Because at the end of the day, what you place in there is not between you and the person sitting next to you. It's between you and God. 
between you and what Jesus has been leading you through the power of his Holy Spirit to put in that offering plate. And so when, if you feel shame, it's not, you shouldn't be feeling shame. You might feel conviction because you know that the Lord's been calling you to give more. But you shouldn't feel shame for what it is that you place in that plate. Because you gave it. And that is good. And so when we talk about giving, when I talk about giving is less about the amount and more about the heart, I think we can see that pretty clearly as we start looking through these passages that Jesus has spoken about in, in terms of money. Let's Luke, look at Luke chapter 12 real quick. He says, and, and Jesus said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The issue of the matter for this rich man in the parable was not the abundance that he had, but it was the means by which he used that abundance. And I'm not saying that, that God hates wealth, that God hates abundance, that God hates you having money. The issue ultimately is when you have it, what is it that God is calling you to do with it? It's a heart matter, a heart posture toward him, toward relationship with him. The issue was in verse 21, that is, there is one who lays up treasure for himself, and then there is one who lays up treasure toward God. There is one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. It's a heart matter. The Lord is looking for people that are after his own heart. That's what he said when, when David was called to be the king of Israel. He said God was looking for somebody after his own heart. David was the poor shepherd boy. And yet God called him to so much more. And so what is this treasure that Jesus is speaking about? Well, he talks about the treasure of heaven a lot in the scriptures. Actually, in fact, as we think about what he said in those few passages in 15 through 21, he then a little bit later speaks about it again in verse 33. He says, sell your possessions Give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Your treasure is a matter of the heart. And then in Luke 18, Jesus says, And when Jesus heard this, he said to them, One thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, follow me. And then in Matthew 6, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is where we get to what is the heart of giving. It's that whatever you have, whether it is much or little, God doesn't want you to be possessed by your possessions. God wants you to be possessed by him. The reality is for each of us in every single one of our lives is that Jesus wants you. He wants you. He desires you. He longs for you. You know how we know this? Because Jesus died for you. It was the heart of the Father that he would give his only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but would have eternal life. God is interested in you. And all he asks in return is that you would be interested in him. And so when we have money, when we have possessions, when we have all these material things, the challenge for us is to say, okay, God, well, how do you want me to use these for you? I don't want to be possessed by my things I want to possess my things for you. All that I have is yours. I come to you, Lord, with open hands. But how do we get to that place? How do we get to the place where we understand, not just understand, but we long to be generous, where we long to not hold so tight to the things that we have, where we long to not want possessions and materials in our life. How do we get to that place? Well, a little bit later in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is where we just were, he then continues to say, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? At the very beginning, he said, therefore. And we all know that when we see therefore in Scripture, we need to ask the question, what is it there for? And therefore is an indicator that everything that Jesus just said before that informs what he is saying after that. 
And so he literally says, no one can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. Therefore, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat, how you're going to get food on your table. Don't be anxious about the clothing that you will put on your back. Don't be anxious about where it is that you're going to live and the shelter that you will have. Jesus continues in that passage to then share about how the birds of the air, God clothes clothes them and gives them a place. How the lilies of the field are dressed and arrayed like not even Solomon's temple. How incredible is that? The way that we get to the place where our possessions don't possess us is to be full of faith and trust in the one who provides abundantly beyond anything we could ask or imagine. It is being in the place where our heart is so captured by Jesus, so close to the Father, that we don't have to worry about how much we're giving away because God is going to continue to pour in, bless, and accept us for who we are. And I'm not saying that we act out of not being wise and we're just like, well, I'm going to take the lump sum of everything I have and just give it all away. There's wisdom in what it is that we should give and shouldn't give. But let that be something that comes out of a place of being with Jesus of spending time with the Father, allow Him to inform you about what it is that you should be generous with. How much you should be giving. How much you should say, Lord, what is it that you are calling me in my family to give for you? I don't want to be possessed by my possessions. I don't want money to control my life. So Jesus, how do I not let that happen? One of the most popular passages that we hear on this matter is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 15. Paul writes, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. I mean, th let's think about that for a second. The point is this, that whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. But whoever sows generously, who sows bountifully, will reap bountifully. Let us be clear that your reaping is not necessarily financial gain. God isn't saying, hey, if you give generously, I'm going to provide you with all the money in the world. That's not the heart and objective of God. What he is saying is as you give 
generously, you will know what it's like to have me generously in your life. The thing is, when we are possessed by our possessions, when we are possessed by the need to have things, material things, we can't see God for who he really is. We can't hear God for what he is truly speaking because we're more concerned about that which we have and yet not have than we are about having relationship to the full with him. And so when he says that if you sow sparingly, if you want to hold on to what you have so tightly, then you're just going to get a little bit of what he has to offer in himself to you. But if you are willing to be generous and bountiful with that which he is calling you to sow, then he is going to give to you generously in the blessings of himself. He's going to reveal himself to you in ways that you can't even imagine. And you might be asking, how is that so? Well, because as you give more and more away, you have to trust in him more and more that way. You have to believe in him to provide that which you are now offering to somebody else, which you are saying, Lord, take this for them so that you can provide for me. So that we can see the way that you will work in our lives. It talks about being a cheerful giver. One of the things that I was thinking about when I thought about that passage was this idea of how we are supposed to rejoice in our suffering. Here's the thing. Being bountiful and generous in your giving might hurt. It might challenge you to be in a place where you really do have to be fully reliant on God to provide. It might put you in a place where you're like, oh, I can't go out to eat for every dinner this week. I can't buy all the Starbucks coffee that I want each morning. It might mean that you can't buy that new car or that fancy watch or whatever it was that you wanted for yourself. It's going to hurt sometimes to give generously and bountifully. But the reward that you will reap if you are giving away for his sake is going to be greater. Because in that hurt, in that suffering, you will find rejoicing. You will find the opportunity to relate to Jesus in his own suffering, in his own poverty, in his own place a financial burden, having to trust the Father with everything. And so the challenge for each of us in what it is that we are being called to give is to ask ourselves not not necessarily what I am capable of giving, but what is God calling me to give so that I might know him better. And it's also the reverse. The more that you get to know him, the more that you you will generously give away. 
the deeper and richer relationship that you have with Jesus and with the Father through the Holy Spirit, the more generous and able you will find yourself being able to give. Because you can't sit in the presence of God and not feel that every need is going to be taken care of. You can't sit with Jesus and know that he is not the very best thing that has ever happened in your entire life. You cannot be in his presence and think that I have to have more stuff in order to live my life well. Because when you get in his presence, when you know him for who he is, you can't help but be generous. Not just generous in your possessions, in your money, but you can't help but be generous in heart in sharing how Jesus is so good to your neighbor, to your friends, to your family that do not yet know him. Because ultimately, when you give generously of your possessions, you also want to give generously of your heart for what it is that God has done in your life and how he can do the same in theirs. And so as we, as a church, as we look forward to Pledge Sunday, remember, whatever you decide to give, whatever you decide to pledge, that's between you and God. Nobody in this room will judge you for it. We can't judge you for it because we don't know the conversation that you've had with God. If $20 a year is all that you can give and what the Lord has called you to, then great. Don't feel shame for that. The woman in the temple brought two small pennies because her heart was toward God. Because she knew that if she gave all she had, her Lord would provide. And he provided far greater than she could have imagined when Jesus saw her and said publicly, in front of all who heard, she has given more than anyone. How can we hear that in our giving with the Lord? We have given more than anyone. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, you are calling us to give not out of our own heart or our own desire, but to give in obedience to your heart and your desire. You are calling us into deeper relationship with you, to know you, to see you, to get to experience you in all that we have. Jesus, I just want to know you more and more and more. And if that means that I have to give away more and more and more, then I'll do it. You're the only thing worthy of all that I have. My things and my heart, my obedience, all of it. And so Jesus, reveal yourself in our giving. Reveal yourself in that which we give away. Let your scripture be true that you will provide bountifully when we sow bountifully. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray.
Amen.